Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Ryan King, the Vice President of Corporate Development and Investor Relations for Caliber Mining. Mr. King, how are you today, sir? I'm excellent. Thanks very much for having us back on the show, Maurice. Delighted to have you back on the show to provide us with a number of updates regarding the value proposition of Caliber Mining, which is focused on execution, opportunity, and discovery. Before we begin, Mr. King, please introduce Caliber Mining and the opportunity the company presents to the market. I think most of your listeners and followers know Maurice Caliber has gone through a very significant trend transaction last year with B2 Gold. We, uh, we, we were and still are an exploration company, but we were predominantly an exploration company focused on some assets in Nicaragua called the Barosi Triangle or Golden Triangle up in the northeast section of Nicaragua. Uh, we went through a transaction where we acquired two producing gold mines and one development stage project in Nicaragua uh, with B2 Gold, and we raised a little over $100 million to complete that transaction. And our team is the ex-Newmarket Gold team, which uh, successfully uh, discovered uh, very high-grade gold mineralization at the Fosterville mine in Australia and then went on to merge Newmarket Gold with Kirkland Lake Gold. So we see another uh, excellent geological opportunity here in Nicaragua. And uh, that's really what Caliber is about. It's about, um, as you said, execution. It's about opportunity and discovery. And we think we've got uh, the right ingredients to execute that uh, appropriately. So we're very excited to be a gold producer and doing a lot of exploration work around those assets. You know, we last spoke in uh, December of 2018, and Caliber Mining has exceeded all of those benchmarks for success from that interview. And we're going to delve into those shortly. But before we begin to that, let's discuss the press release that has shareholders giving a standing ovation to management. And that is the strategic alliance with Caliber Mining and Rio Tinto Exploration entering into a 45 million earning agreement. Sir, please provide us with the details of this transaction. Absolutely. I mean, it was a, it was a pleasure to announce that. It was a significant work in progress. You know, um, prior to announcing this deal, with Rio Tinto. Uh, they had not been in the country before. So this is what required an NCCE, a new country entry for Rio Tinto. And this this spawned back, uh, back to 2018, actually, when we first started to have discussions with them about the geological potential at some of the assets that we have in those Barossi uh, Barossi exploration projects up in the northeast corner, which were the initial assets that brought us to Nicaragua. And, um, and it was way back in 2013 when we discovered a porphyry, a copper gold porphyry system. You know, and at the time, it didn't get big enough to be a, uh, a deposit or a mine. Um, but we continued to do work on it. We continued to uh, advance it. We weren't able to do drilling, so we did uh, geochemical work, we did some geophysical work, and identified a number of additional targets. Um, and what happened was um, was that when we started to introduce the opportunity to, to Rio Tinto, they brought some people down to look at it and, uh, and, and felt that it was a good geological opportunity. And, and you got to remember, Rio Tinto are looking for large, large types of deposits. 
And so in the northeast portion or the northern half of the country of Nicaragua, they, it, it has the type of rocks, the age of rocks, the older rocks that could have these large porphyry-type deposits. And, uh, and so after a huge amount of due diligence, not only technically uh, on the infrastructure in the country, uh, political situation in the country, the, the geological potential in the country, after almost 18 months of uh, due diligence and review, they, got, they were given the green light to be able to proceed and, and go into the country and be able to do an earn-in deal with us and then, and then do a, a strategic alliance with us. So this is, this is very exciting that, that uh, the second largest mining company in the world has validated Nicaragua as a country that they'd like to enter into and do business in. And so the deal is, is that um, on our 100% owned Barossi concessions, which amass to about 665 square kilometers, they can earn up to 75% of those concessions by spending uh, U.S. $45 million. So it's an incredible deal for our shareholders because keep in mind, we acquired the producing assets down in the south part of Nicaragua, La Libertad and El Limon. So we're, we, our team is focused on extending mine life and drilling all around those operations. So the Barosi concessions up in the north weren't going to see a huge amount of investment this year. So this allows some additional optionality for our shareholders and new shareholders. You know, if if uh, if the uh, if Rio and Caliber decide to really spend some money there, do some drilling. I don't know what the plans are going to be yet. And technical sessions are underway with with both companies to decide on a plan. Um, that's just additional optionality for our shareholders. So it's very exciting that they've identified this opportunity. But in addition to that, we signed this strategic alliance with Rio in the sense that I think the total amount is 1.4 or 1.5 million hectares of the northern portion of Nicaragua. We've applied for mineral concessions. So that's almost, I think it's close to 15% of the landmass of Nicaragua. So they're very excited, we're very excited about this. And, that, and then during this strategic alliance, Rio Tinto would be funding that, doing generative type work. And then if a, if a project is identified in the next couple of years, they could pluck that project out of the strategic alliance and enter into another earn-in joint venture for up to $25 million and get 80% of that project. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity here, a lot of optionality in the portfolio that we, as Caliber, would not have maybe focused on so much in the, in the near term because we're so focused on the operating assets that we have down in the cell. So it's a very exciting opportunity for us. And I think, as I mentioned, it really does validate the geological potential and it, and it validates the country as a, a great place to operate. Truly impressive, sir. You know, Ryan, this reminds me of our conversation back in December, and you were foot stomping about the commercial and the technical expertise that the management team has. And this is a great example here. But the business acumen and the geological acumen goes further than this transaction. So let's look back now, 2019, and discuss some additional impressive feats that Caliber Mining accomplished in the last 15 months. Mr. King, back in July of 2019, Caliber made an accretive move joining forces with B2 Gold. And you acquired two producing mines from El Leman and the La Libertad. Introduce us to these mines and why is this the right move for shareholders? 
It's a, a great question. And, uh, you know, back, I think, when we first uh, discussed Caliber, as mentioned, we were just an exploration company with resources in the ground and partners in the country. You know, I am Gold is one of our partners. And now Rio Tinto is, is one of our partners up in the north. But as the market was was back and forth with exploration companies, our team that had bought producing gold mines in a previous life in New Market Gold, and, and through cash flow, through operating cash flow, we were able to fund exploration, expand mine life, and make new discoveries. We felt that that was going to be the best move for Caliber shareholders, building another operating uh, cash flowing business. And so in doing so, through relationships that our founders, Doug Forster, Doug Hurst, Blaine Johnson, and Russell Ball felt that the best move would be to buy, if we could, operating assets. And we were able to strike a deal, uh, a win-win deal with B2 Gold in the sense that, you know, B2 Gold were focused so heavily on their Ojikoto mine, their Masbati mine, and, and Fakola, that we were able to bring in the right team with the experience in-country. We were able to raise enough capital that we could really um, – invest in these operations and yet at the same time b2 retains almost 34 percent i think a 34 percent equity ownership in caliber so as you mentioned you know we have joined forces with b2 on this um you know and we think this is a fantastic opportunity for caliber shareholders and that this year in 2020 we will produce between 140 and 150 thousand ounces of gold and right around a thousand dollars all in so it's a great opportunity for our shareholders. And what's equally as, uh, or, or even more exciting for caliber shareholders is the amount of drilling we plan on dr- doing in 2020. You know, we've earmarked almost 50,000 meters for drilling. And that has been going very well. We started that in the fourth quarter of 2019. And that's been going very well. We've already had success uh, with a new area at the La Libertad mine called Amalia in a very large concession that had never been drilled. And also at uh, the El Limon mine, we were drilling down plunge of where current resources are, and we've expanded. It looks like we'll expand resources at the El Limon Central and Norte deposits. So really exciting time for Caliber, really exciting time, I think, for the operations as they're seeing lots of new investment. And, and we've been really welcomed into the country. We've met the Minister of Mines and Energy, uh, met the President, uh, so they're very encouraged about the uh, the new uh, investment that we're making into these operations. And also, they really wanted to know that B2 was still involved. So we have a, a board member at Caliber that's from B2 Gold. We have an advisory. Uh, we have an advisory group that's p- partly made up of B2 Gold employees and executives. And as well, of course, with their uh, significant 34% equity ownership in the company, they're very, very much involved with us uh, in these assets. So it's exciting for... Uh, for all people involved. And I think it's a really good opportunity for all looking at the gold space. You know, now we're at $1,650 gold. When we announced this deal, we were back at $1,300 gold. So it's been a nice, uh, it's been nice to be a part of a rising gold market environment for, uh, for Caliber. Mr. King, let's go back on site real quick. Uh, I want to ask you one more question before we leave there. Should expansion become successful, can the current mills meet production demand? Yeah, it's a great question um, because one of the things that we actually did during the fourth quarter when we took over the assets was um, at the La Libertad operation, we idled down one of the ball mills. We felt that by doing so, we could extend mine life, 
but also our focus is really on margin. So instead of, you know, really cranking up production, let's focus on margin. And so by idling down one of these ball mills, we're almost saving a half a million dollars a month currently, uh, power, reagents, and, and liners in the mill. So, so uh, the focus turned to margin so that we can accretively reinvest in the operations. And one of the opportunities is, is all of the new targets we've identified at La Libertad. So yes, if we do have success, we could potentially, at the right time, turn that second ball mill back on at La Libertad, which would give us a total of 2.2 million tons of through, throughput capacity and, and could, and could therefore, uh, therefore uh, be the right size for the operation. So we have excess capacity at La Libertad, which is, which, is, which is a great place to be. All the capital has been sunk in the mill. Uh, so it's just about finding new opportunities, new, new mineralization deposits that could be put through the mill. As well, uh, and where the, where the bigger opportunity lies, is we've started to do some work in the country now. And because of the reliable infrastructure and the favorable cost structure to haul ore around the country, we can see that rather than just looking at the two mills as two standalone mills, which, which, which they are, we really look at them as integrated units now. You know, at Libertad, the total capacity is 2.2 million tons of installed milling capacity. We're only using 1.5 or 1.6 million tons. Equally, at, uh, at Elimon, we've got 500,000 tons of installed capacity. So what we're really looking at now is multiple different ore sources, and then where is the best place to haul the ore around? Because we can haul ore around the country, um, you know, roughly about 200 and 250 kilometers between the two mills. And uh, based on the analysis we've done, it would cost us about about a half a gram to three quarters of a gram to haul ore from, say, Le Mans to La Libertad or to from Pavon, for example. A development stage project that we're working through and permitting would be about a half a gram to three quarters of a gram at today's gold prices. So quite accretive to look at this as what we call a hub and spoke approach. So a long-winded answer to your question is, yeah, it looks like we do have the capacity, barring a, a great new discovery or some resource expansion, that we could really utilize the installed capacity in the country, uh, you know, in the down the road, uh, depending on the size of, of, of a new discovery, we could see potentially looking at a mill expansion. But, uh, but we do have excess capacity and capital has been sunk. So, uh, so it's pretty exciting for us to, to hopefully be able to take advantage of the excess capacity in, in country. All right. So let's just summarize for audience members here. We have uh, Rio Tinto with a $45 million earning agreement. B2 Gold, we have the acquisition of two producing mines. But wait a minute, there's more. Let's revisit September here. You did an impressive $102 million equity financing to advance some existing projects in the portfolio, and you're embarking on an ambitious 40,000-meter diamond core drill program. Please share on which projects there will be drilling, and can you share with us, what can you share with us, I should say, actually about the genetic model on the target zones? Yeah, yeah, so so you're absolutely right. Yeah, we acquired the two mines, and then, and then we very quickly identified a number of resource expansion and discovery drilling opportunities around those operations. And part of the reason we raised a little bit excess of what was required to do the deal with B2 was so that we could reinvest in the operations, so that we could see a real significant bump up of drilling 
uh, and optimization at the operations. And um, and these are what's known as uh, low sulfidation epithermal vein systems. So, you know, between five and 20 meters of width, uh, generally coming uh, right to surface based on what we've seen. And any anywhere from two to, uh, you know, upwards of 20 grams per ton, we've seen in some of the drill results uh, over the years historically, and even some new ones. Uh, you know, for example, we started drilling at the um, the high-grade El Limon Central and Norte vein structure that is two and a half kilometers long. We only drilled four holes in the fourth quarter of 2019, but three out of the four holes actually intersected very good widths and grade. For example, uh, almost 12 grams per ton gold over five meters. This is just below inferred resources, so it looks like resources will be expanding. We drilled uh, 18.7 grams per ton gold over five meters, and then 4.2 grams over 20 meters. So this, this was down plunge of current resources at this new high-grade open pit that we're currently operating at the El Lamont line. And it looks like uh, a really good opportunity to expand resources. And we're drilling, again, down plunge of the, of the known zones there as well. Over at the La Libertad operation, uh, over 1.7 million ounces of gold has been produced in and around the La Libertad proper uh, concession, which is roughly 200 square kilometers. We've got three drills turning on a number of targets there, some of which have smaller resources that look like they have expansion potential, and some are in new areas that have great geochemistry uh, anomalies that have not been drilled. And then a new area, which we call Amalia. So Amalia had been identified by B2 Gold. Some great trench results, you know, 6.7 meters of 7 grams, 13 meters of 4.7 grams. So uh, about a kilometer long geochemistry signature. We went in and in the fourth quarter of 2019 drilled some holes uh, and we got some excellent results. And it looks like we've identified a new area. Uh, one of the uh, drill intercepts was 17.8 grams over seven meters, only 45 meters vertical from surface. And keep in mind, this had never been drilled before. There's been no mining there. And we're in, a, we're in an area that's 350 square kilometers in that mineral concession. So very exciting uh, opportunity to, uh, to maybe, maybe we've come into a new district or camp of these low sulfidation veins like the La Libertad proper. And Amalia is only located 30 kilometers north of the, of the current mill, which has, you know, as mentioned, excess capacity. So it's a pretty exciting opportunity for us. We have a total of four drills operating at La Libertad right now. So uh, stay tuned <laughs> for future news releases and, and drill results. Well, the value proposition for Caliber Mining just seems to continue to get better and better. Multi-million dollar question, when can the market expect to see drill results? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> everyone likes to, uh, to get to see the drill results as they unfold. Um, you know, being an operating company, most companies would put out drill results once, maybe twice a year for an operating company that has between 100 and 200,000 ounces of annual production. Because of the amount of drilling that is so significant this year for Caliber, we'll be putting out results every six, seven weeks. And uh, I, I expect our next set of drill results will come from the El Limon gold mine. 
uh, where we're going to be producing 70 to 75,000 ounces this year. So El Limon have a number of different zones. Uh, the Limon Central Norte 2.5 kilometer open pit vein structure, which we're drilling now, as well as uh, an underground mine called Santa Pancha and Pantheon, which uh, we're drilling as well. So I, I suspect the next set of results will come from Santa Pancha and Pantheon. Uh, following that, and that'll probably be in the next two to two to three weeks. And then uh, in April, we should have some results from La Libertad, the Amalia district, as well as a, a couple of zones in around the La Libertad district. So lots lots on the go. As, as I've mentioned, you know, we're almost doing 50,000 meters in what we're now calling a phase one drill program. So this could be a multi-phase drill program, obviously predicated on success. But, um, but it's a very exciting time for Caliber and all the news that, that will be coming out. Switching gears, Ryan, what is the next unanswered question for Caliber Mining? When can we expect an answer and what will determine success? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of people have been asking us uh, about mergers and acquisitions. You know, with the, with the bench strength that we have in this team, you know, our chief executive officer, uh, over 25 years at Newmont as the chief financial officer there, the founders uh, of Caliber, the founders of, of New Market Gold, which which sold for over a billion dollars to Kirkland Lake in a very successful transaction that uh, had uh, that saw Kirkland Lake go up five or sixfold from that transaction or even more. Uh, so a lot of people asking us about mergers and acquisition in a rising gold market environment, um, and I would say that you know we're always looking. We're always looking at opportunities where we can add value uh, for our shareholders, where we can add accretive value, not just uh, dilute, not just to get bigger, but accretive value so that we can uh, you know, work towards uh, a higher share price. But um, you know, so but what what we see in front of us right now is a really good opportunity to execute on these assets, drill a number of these targets, um, because the geological potential looks so good. And then look to extend mine life, make new discoveries, expand resources. That's going to add a lot of value, in our opinion, uh, for for our shareholders, and to this this new story, this new budding story of Caliber. It's only six months old now, and uh, you know, so you know, I think that's the big question we consistently get. Uh, but the news for, for you know going forward will be a lot of drill results, quarterly results, financial results. And as the as the year unfolds at these gold prices, we should be adding cash to our balance sheet, uh, reinvesting in the assets. We'll we'll uh, we'll hear some as the year goes on. We're we're advancing this Pavon Gold project, uh, which could be another ore source for the La Libertad Mill. So there's a number of things coming out, as well in the background. We'll consistently and continuously look at mergers and acquisitions that could potentially add value. But you know, first and foremost, it's execution. Uh, it's drilling and uh, building mine life at these operations to be able to uh, to be able to see the most amount of value that we can uh, for for these assets in a short period of time. So, uh, you know, lots going on uh, across the board, Maurice. You know, speaking of the shareholders, can you please provide us with an update on the capital structure of Caliber Mining? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think today at about uh, eighty cents Canadian, our market capitalization is around two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty million Canadian. We essentially have no debt. We've got one remaining payment of $10 million to B2 Gold, which is in October of 2020. 
Um, we we trade on average between five to seven hundred and fifty thousand shares a day. We have, I think it's just a little over or just a little under thirty three million U.S. dollars in the bank. So lots of capital to to reinvest in these operations. And as mentioned, you know we're going to be our guidance for the year is one hundred and forty to one hundred and fifty thousand ounces at roughly. $1,000 all-in uh, sustaining costs, plus, uh, you know, some investment we're putting in the operations, I think is between 20 and $25 million and, uh, and about $15 million in drilling uh, f- for the uh, for the almost 50,000 meters of, of uh, drilling that we'll do in this phase one program. So, yeah, about $240 million uh, Canadian. So what is that? About uh, just a little under $200, $200 million U.S. market cap. Uh, for a company of our size, I think demonstrates some good a good value proposition. Um, the management insiders own uh, just a little under six percent. A well-known uh, resource investor, Lucas Lundin, owns a little under five percent. We've got about thirty-five percent institutionally held. B two Gold, of course, owns the thirty-four uh, percent ownership and caliber. That sort of breaks down the capital structure of the company. Um, and, and the uh, the balance sheet, in a sense. In closing, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Wow, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Coronavirus um, excluded, or if that is a concern for you, please let us yeah. know what's on your mind. No, I mean it, it's a valid question, and so any resource company that is developing operations, you know, first and foremost, the most important thing is, is your social license uh, around the operations um, in, in, in any place where you operate. So we have a very good social license around the mines. We have good relationships with our communities. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, uh, of excellent environmental, uh, social community work. We have a great team in Managua that does all of that. Um, what keeps me up at night is, is really, uh, you know, with, with these types of operations, you, with any type of mining operation, you always have to find more to be able to put through a mill and keep the operation running. You know, so that would be, that would be one thing that, uh, that I think for any mining company is, is, you know, you're always trying to reinvest. You're always trying to find more resources and, and my, you know, whatever it is, whatever commodity you're mining, in our case, it's gold, is finding more gold to be able to extend the mine life, to be able to keep all people employed uh, and, and add a lot more value. So, uh, you know, with all this, with the 50,000 meters of drilling that we're doing, we're doing it because we think there's a great opportunity to make new discoveries and expand resources. And then, of course, extend mine lives. You know, what, what keeps me up at night is, you know, uh, maybe you don't find gold. You know, you never know. You know, sometimes uh, deposits kink when they should have bent, you know. Uh, geology is a difficult thing, but uh, we have a very good team. Our VP Exploration, Mark Peterson, has been doing this for well over 30 years. Um, he's, he's an experienced geologist. Uh, he's found a lot of gold in his career. We've got a good geological team. But th- I think that's, that's something that stays in the back of any miner's mind is, uh, is being able to expand resources. So that, that, that's the only thing I think that would keep me up at night. So I think those are the only two things, Maurice, that would keep me up at night. But uh, but the one thing I will say is, uh, and, and that it's helping me sleep better, is the fact that in our in our uh, Q4 drilling, we have found new zones like this Amalia, 
And we have actually intercepted in three of the four holes that we drilled at Le Mans Norte. Um, expand looks like expanded resources, so we're already having success. Um, so that's helping me sleep better now. <laughs> and I apologize for the coughing, but I also noted that I didn't cough until I said the word coronavirus. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my apologies there. Sir, last question, and that is, what did I forget to ask? <clears throat> No, you, you asked all the right questions. Um, you know, the only thing is I'm, I'm surprised you didn't ask was, uh, where do you see the price of gold going? Because everyone asks that question and everyone wants a, a different answer or hopefully the same answer and, and it's going up, right? Of course it's going up. Um, uh, you, you know, Maurice, you ask uh, good questions, intelligent questions about the operations, uh, about the value proposition for Caliber, and I think we've touched, touched on most of, most of those. Um, you know, the underlying thing is, is that in a rising commodity environment, so for example, right now, gold has been rising over the last number of months and years, particularly with, with the uncertainty, with the debt levels, with the macroeconomic environment, with the fears of a potential recession, et cetera, and, and also with the fears now that the, uh, the different Federal Reserves, the different um, the banks around the, around the globe, really, are not able to come up with new creative ways to provide quantitative easing. You know, they've just we've just recently seen the uh, the rate cuts by the, the Canadian Bank, as well as by the Federal Reserve in the United States, and these were emergency cuts. So, to me, we're in the we're in the right space. Uh, to me, we're in an exciting name with lots of drilling. Uh, we're in the right commodity right now, and. Uh, you know, gold definitely has the potential to go a lot higher. You know, I, I read a gentleman by the name of David Rosenberg, and he's mentioned he could see, and he's really data-driven. You know, he doesn't get too bogged down in, in different headlines and media, et cetera, but really pays attention to the data. And he says he could really see gold going to $3,000 an ounce in this environment that we're in. I don't know where it goes, and we do the best we can to focus on our costs versus what we're selling for, obviously. But uh, that would be an exciting time for people uh, invested in the gold space if that does happen. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes and what happens in the future. Mr. King, for someone listening that wants to get more information on Caliber Mining, please share the contact details. Absolutely. Anybody can contact myself. Um, our website is www.caliber, that's C-A-L-I-B-R-E, mining.com or calibre mining.com and uh, on the contact uh, section of the website you'll find my phone number and email address and by all means anybody can contact me at any time and I'll get back to you as soon as I can and as a reminder caliber mining trades on the TSX symbol CXB and on the OTCQX symbol CXBMF Caliber Mining is a sponsor of Proven Improbable, and we are proud shareholders for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio, from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855 855- 
505-905-1900, or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, we invite you to subscribe to provenandprobable.com, where we provide mining insights and bullion sales. Ryan King of Caliber Mining, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.